This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 338, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Part 2. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise, was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers of Aliens Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. It's a podcast about science fiction and fantasy and faith and spirituality. And I'm Ben, Ben Avery, one of three hosts. The other two, one nestled right over there on that love seat is Evan David. <laughs> yes, hello there. It's and, really quick. And the other one, rocking away on that chair by the fireplace, Steve McDonald. We don't. We don't have a fireplace. Well, and then you chair. better do something about the fire, because uh, the chair does not sound like that. Neither does the fire. By the way, <laughs> I don't know what sound that was. That was, uh, I think, Evan adjusting his his shoulder muscles and his his oh. neck. Yep, that was it. A little, little stiff right now. So perceptive. Yeah. Hey. So uh, this episode is about Crisis on Infinite Earths, the second. Uh, package the second pod, second part. I don't know, but it's actually mm-hmm. parts four and five, the fourth and fifth episode of this. And we've already talked about the first three episodes, and the overall consensus was we liked them, but they were really fast moving, and there's a whole lot of stuff going on in those three episodes, and sometimes to its detriment. Uh, so now we're coming into the, these other two episodes here. So, uh, I don't know. Let's talk about the story so far, maybe for, to give people a reminder of what had happened. And then we can talk a little bit about and spoil the other two episodes. Okay. Want me to do a quick recap? Yeah. Yeah. Quick. Okay. Yes. Quick. So the universe is, or not the universe, the multiverse is being destroyed, uh, by an antimatter wave, which is coming from the anti-monitor. And so the monitor, which is the good version of the anti-monitor, is going around and uh, cherry-picking heroes from the different Earths, which will come together to save the multiverse. Supergirl's Earth is destroyed. Uh, the And some of the heroes are the Paragons, which are special heroes who only they can save the world. And they had to go look for some. They found an evil Batman. They found Kingdom Come Superman. And they've all teamed up, and now uh, the entire multiverse has just been destroyed, including the Monitor, and only the seven Paragons are left. 
and they've managed to go to a point outside of time and space called the Vanishing Point. But wait, uh, Kingdom Come Superman is dead too because Lex Luthor took his place with the Book of Destiny, which is an all-powerful book that can do anything. Well, because he went back in time and like erased Superman's name and wrote his own name in yes. or something like that. He used the book to go back in time to change the book so he would be one of the seven remaining living people in all the multiverse yes what a lex luther move to do <laughs> wow yeah it was disappointing but not surprising why couldn't they have i mean I, I i i don't know that much about the book the book of destiny mm-hmm. but why couldn't he have just written something like you know no anti-monitor in this un in this multiverse or something in the book and just dealt with it that way. I don't know. Because that would have been a really not nearly as dramatic ending. I know, but when you have an overpowered MacGuffin, isn't it sort of like, you know, it's. <laughs> he's, but here's what he's using. He's using it to take over. Right. Like, he is. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. I mean, the monitor had the book at, at some point, right? But would the yes. monitor really have the hubris to go and and just change all of the the universe like that? I, I well, don't know. I mean, he's already suffering from how his actually he said it like his his pride is his downfall. You know, he 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 went too far with the science. But he could have. I mean. It's either that or, you know, he he does what he did. He he inspires the League of Assassins and then he creates uh, the what is it? The, the not the Harbinger, the yeah, the Harbinger. And then he kills everyone on Earth 90. And then he. You know, uh, I mean, it's that he gives the Book of Destiny to, to someone who's insane. And then, I mean, it's like. <laughs> he didn't give the book of destiny to someone who's insane. Lex Luthor stole it. No, in the in the previous crossover, he definitely did give oh. it to somebody who was insane. Okay, um, it just okay. keeps going on. I mean, I I understand that you know you have to write. I don't know how many episodes. I'm not, I'm not trying to not trying to be cheeky or anything, but like what twenty or thirty episodes of you know hour long drama every year. And, you know, it, they give you this character and it's going to be different writers, different weeks, using them in different ways and stuff like that. But at some point, it's sort of like, can someone streamline the monitor's plan and make it sound not completely insane? <laughs> I mean, all the things that he's doing, it's, I understand in episodic television, it's like they have to seed little things here and there. And, you know, make the character seem like, oh, is he not, is he evil? Is he good? But then when you when you sort of tease everything out and all the dumb things that happened, you're just left with. This could have been resolved really quickly. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a couple different ways to look at this, Steve. And one is um, that they just didn't have it defined when they were doing all that stuff. And then they were trying to pull it together for this. Uh, and they didn't know they were headed in this direction two years ago or three years ago or whatever. Uh, the other is to say to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. <laughs> uh, and, and, and another and, thing, 
And the other one is to say, oh, this is just, this is below my intelligence. I really shouldn't be watching this. Well, and then there's, I also think that maybe the Book of Destiny can't affect the monitors because I don't, I don't think they could use it in the previous crossover to, to stop the monitor or to mess with his plans. He seemed to be in control of it the whole time, even when other people had it. So that could be why he's not using it to defeat his brother because he wouldn't be affected by it. It's similar to Thanos. I mean, the, the whole Avengers Marvel Cinematic Universe thing is – it really is an achievement. But they had a really poorly defined thing with, with Thanos when they first started bringing him in. And they didn't know what he was going to be doing. I don't think they knew how he's going to do it. They might have had a plan then, but it changed like eight times. I think with every movie, it changed maybe eight times because um, what they came out with was not – they had to course correct along the way to fix the problems because they had changed things from where they thought they were going. I think right. that might have been happening here. I really don't think that the writer's room was thinking this far ahead when they first started messing with him. I don't know. I'm not familiar with what you're talking about though. I mean, the whole other stuff going on with him, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that was the previous crossover in which he gives the the book to a crazy person in order to test the metal of the heroes in that universe uh, to see if they would be up to the task of stopping the anti-monitor. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, sure does. (laughs) And then he he frees uh, uh, John Jones' evil brother. And then he resurrects Lex Luthor, and then he destroys part of Star Labs, so the Flash team can't figure it out that it's you know the the time difference. I mean, it's like, <laughs> well, I can understand. Why, man. <laughs> I can understand why he resurrected Lex Luthor because, like they said, they needed his brain for and something. What, but why did he let Lex Luthor go and kill all the Supermans that he killed? I don't know. I'm just like. Can you stop him? I mean, you get the book of destiny, don't you? Oh, wait a minute. Did Lex Luthor have it at that point? He did. Yes. <laughs> he did. How about just like write a little thing and and Lex Luthor never got the book of destiny, you know, in the in the indicia or something. Here's I don't know. A, here's an interesting thought though, Steve, with all that you're saying right now. You're you're pointing all these, uh, you know, plot holes and and problems with his plan. However, it all worked out. So what if all of that poor looking plan was actually an ingenious plan that led us <laughs> to the ultimate end result that we got? Eureka. Then then show me how it was that ingenious. Uh, by then, by the ending. At the ending, no, no, you see no, it all no, worked. Ends, the ends don't justify the means. Now you have to go and show me, oh, I created the League of Assassins because – you know, this one little thing, the stream that would come out of that or whatever. But you and just I watched destroy, the whole stream. I destroyed the entire universe because, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, but no, the stuff doesn't, there's no, there's no, I mean, the, the strings are dangling and they're just, they keep dangling there and they're just like, oh, and these things are unresolved and it just doesn't, it doesn't but fill it in all, the blanks. But it all happened. The blanks were filled in by happening. No, right? the ends do not justify the means. I, I, I think that I'm onto something. Plus, 
Plus. Then, that, that way you could, then you could write a story that has every, like anything happening, blah, 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 blah. And then the writer just writes and then everything worked out fine. And that would be a satisfying storyline. I didn't say it was satisfying, chaos. but it would make sense because it worked within the confines of the writing. The writing needs to have logic. I didn't say anything about it being satisfying. But I think the logic is there enough. It's a child's logic. But it's a logic nonetheless. Plus, we saw that the even though the any monitor or not the any monitor, even though the monitor had plans, uh, things weren't working out the way he foresaw them with his future powers. Like he didn't foresee Oliver dying the way he did in the first episode. Well, so yeah, and so my lo- I'm looking at the monitor. I don't know. I don't. I don't know much about him in the context of the shows that came before. But this guy is not an all-powerful, all-knowing, godlike being. He may be right. godlike-ish in the context of a, you know, Greek gods, superhero, you know, whatever. But this guy did not know what was going on and made mistakes from the beginning and mm-hmm. just spent the rest of his time trying to fix his mistakes. And and he kept saying it in, in these two episodes. I can't remember the exact line. I wrote it down in my notes, but I don't have them. Uh, but he kept saying, basically, my hubris was my downfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I went too far and that was my downfall. That was my downfall. This is a man who is trying to make up for his his sins, basically. And yeah, I, I don't see I don't see as much of a problem because I haven't been along for the ride for 20 episodes. But for what I was given here in these five episodes, that's the least of my concerns as far as storytelling goes. <laughs> I'm 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 fine with it. I'm going along with that much at least. Okay. The the other thing though, the part of my my big concern from those first three episodes was just they moved at such a quick clip. There was so much going on. I felt like there wasn't weight given to things that were supposed to have weight. But then this, especially this fourth episode, they were able to slow down. I felt like they actually I felt like it vindicated all of the other stuff that went before that was just so quick and just disjointed even a little bit. This slowed down, took its time. And I actually felt like this whole thing leading up to, again, we're, we're spoiling here because that's what we're doing right now with this episode, but um, leading up to green arrow, his ultimate death, whatever it might be, whatever it is that happened to him in that episode, I, I felt like it was really well done. And and they took their time to be able to give time and wait to what was going on. And and then same with episode five, where it's all of the what happened and what the whole big, uh, you know, new normal, I guess. And the fact mm-hmm. that they gave that a whole episode, too, was um, in fact, I feel like there was almost too much going on or too much time because they had to add in like a little extra stuff that um, was just felt like filler. But Yes, well, that was because it's a officially a Legends of Tomorrow episode, and so they had to throw in some callbacks to that show. But uh, yes, I I liked episode four a lot. Uh, that was that was the better of the two uh, for the second part. I thought as well. It should be. I mean, everything was rising up to that climax, and I think it was the the best episode of the five by far. Yes, the only thing that I would have changed. In number four was when the Spectre and 
the Andy monitor are clashing, they should have been a hundred feet tall. <laughs> and I mean, that would be easy to do because yep. all you got to do is throw a green screen behind them and film them from a low angle and then put them in the sky. Yep. And, you don't you even know. need a green screen to do that. You film at a low <laughs> angle outside. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, the effects budget was still showing through here. Yes. And the final battle being in the Power Rangers quarry. Yes, the uh, Power Rangers quarry. <laughs> which is at the beginning of time, right? Like, yes. That's at the beginning of time. But yet in the rock, you can see the layers of sediment or whatever you call it, where it's, you know, the, the, the rock layers where time has definitely been passing uh, on that world. But, but yeah, felt like a, a little bit Power Rangers y. With that final battle. <laughs> yes, very much so. But the again, I think they they saved some of that FX budget for that final confrontation with Spectre and Annie Monitor. Because with the swirling energy stuff, that just looked cool. Uh, like pretty sweet. It did. And I, I did appreciate using the paragons the way that they did. And that Lex Luthor writing him in as a, himself in as a paragon ended up helping uh win the day. Yep. I mean, he he actually was needed uh, yep. as, as a paragon. I mean, if if you believe the the narrative of the show, it resets his entire character. You know, becoming the paragon of truth, right? He's paragon of truth. He was, uh, yeah, but only by telling the truth. I mean, he was, yeah, I, because he was he was then the one who figured out the book tells the truth or whatever it was, and <laughs> he said. Steve, have you have you watched the episode of Supergirl after the crisis? No, it's good because they're they they're talking about, you know, what's going on after Lex Luthor resets time. And now he's he's a good guy in everybody's mind, except for the Paragons who remember that he's evil. But is he really a good guy? No. <laughs> oh, even I knew that and I didn't watch yeah. anything like that. It was a really good twist. I yes. I appreciated the new normal and I'm very curious actually about the new normal, not enough to get into it again. Um, but I love the idea that, yeah, Lex Luthor, he's, he's good. What people well, see, get- it, it would make sense either way to me because it could be his version of truth, which somehow would include, you know, all the heroes that he wants to, to fight in the future or something like that, but it's his version of the truth. And he has like this power of truth. So he can sort of like make people think that he's telling the truth. That would make sense, even though he's a bad guy. Or I thought to myself, if he really becomes good, it's because the truth, you know, the, the real truth in the universe is that, you know, good is good and evil is evil. And, he becomes the embodiment of that truth. So he becomes the embodiment of, of good because he's the embodiment of truth, not deception. Well, and this new, this new earth, uh, timeline is really interesting because we saw a little bit of it in episode five where, uh, the paragons have lives that they have lived in this new world that they don't remember living. Right. Mm-hmm. I, so, and the I love the I, I yes, love that. They've, they've teamed up before, but now they don't remember because now they're just coming in at the moment uh, in time 
where they should be. And so they, they play on that in the next episode of Supergirl 2 where because uh, Lex Luthor is now in charge of the DEO, which is where Supergirl works. And uh, there's like this promotional video with Supergirl like enthusiastically teaming up with Lex Luthor and like giving him a huge endorsement in the video. And she's and, <laughs> and then, you know, now current Supergirl's like, I can't believe I said that. What is this? <laughs> I'll have to watch that one. Yeah. No, I, I love that idea. I mean, there's no way. Okay, so we've talked about this before a little bit, but Star Trek Voyager had some fantastic time travel episodes. And the best one that they had was Year in Hell, which is actually supposed to be a season-long arc that they wanted to do where it's just a whole year where things just keep getting worse and worse and the ship is getting destroyed and, and damaged and everything. They instead made it a two-parter. And it it is they are just going down until they have no energy. People are dying on the on the ship. It's just awful, and and then time travel resets everything, and nobody remembers anything of that. And there's a handful of time travel stories out there. I always dislike that kind of a time travel story because yeah. there's no movement forward for the characters. You have all this stuff happen, and then it gets erased by time travel, yeah. and that almost could have happened here. I like and appreciate, again, not enough to really watch what's happening after this, but I really appreciate that when they set up and say, you know, we have this now consolidated world where all of the important CW shows are all taking place on this earth, um, that they remember their life before. And that's a really interesting conceit. It's a really interesting thing to follow up with going forward. And it just, it's, it's, it's a it's a conundrum for the characters to have to deal with that just really almost excites me again not enough to rewatch or to to watch the the new stuff mm. but <laughs> well one more interesting thing from that supergirl episode just because we're talking about it with Lex Luthor is that he he erased everybody's memories right except for the paragons who he didn't have a choice about but he left his sister Lena's memory intact so she remembers everything how things were before because he wants to partner up with her and she's like, no way you're evil. And I know that, and I'm not partnering up with you. And so then he takes out this alien creature that they've used before in Supergirl, which is basically wonder woman's truth lasso. It just makes you tell the truth. He's like, watch, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on and now I can't lie. So ask me whatever you want. I still want to be your partner. And she's like, will you betray me? And he's like, as soon as it's convenient for me, <laughs> but in the meantime, we're going to do great things. <laughs> so, it, yeah, he's definitely still bad. But this is an interesting, fun, new dynamic. Well, all right. Yeah. I didn't like how easily uh, Martian Manhunter just went around and fixed like everybody else's memory. You know, we're just touch you and then you know what's going on. And, yep. and you remember who you were before. It's like how, I like it. How does how does Martian Manhunter have their memories to be able to do this for them? And yeah. maybe it maybe it's some sort of like a like a a psychic lock on their memories that like everyone has their other memories, but he can like undo the psychic lock or something. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I did well, like he it did. when again. It's one of those where you know you say that, uh, but that's exactly what he did. 
whether or not it's those exact words, but he just walked in and did it. And yeah, I did like how he, uh, when he gave back Pariah's memories, that was good. Where he's like, I don't care who you are. I'm not going to let you. And then he gives him back his memories. He's like, oh, crap. It was yeah. all my fault. I killed everybody. <laughs> yeah. I felt that that was almost a little. Mean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was mad. You could see, you know, he Martian Manhunter was super mad. And he wanted to make sure Pariah knew what he did. Yeah. Which is in some ways satisfying. But in other ways, like he was a different man. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't actually do any of that stuff. Well, I mean, you can, you can sort of, what do you do and what do you, you know, what are you controlled to do? You know, it's it, that sort of dynamic where. But I mean, he was literally know, a different person. Well. The, the man who was in that room didn't do any of those things. And then. Marshall Manhunter gave him back his memories or gave him the memories of the things that this other pariah did. No, technically he did do it. Yeah. The, yeah. It's the man like that Bucky, you know, the winter soldier type of a thing. Yeah. The man who was in that room is the same person as pariah. And he did do those things and he just got reset like everybody else. Yeah, but he yeah. got reset. So he didn't do it, but there wouldn't be a need for him to be reset if he didn't already do it in the first place. But he got reset just like everybody else. So like everybody yeah, else the, the things is. were still done in the sense that we saw them on screen. And unless those things had happened, you know, things would have been different. He so. was reset to have lived a completely different life. Right. So he lived an entire lifetime or was at least reset in, you know, in media res where he had this the memories of another lifetime as far as i'm concerned he was a blank slate created in, in this new universe as a person who did not do those things and then martian manhunter gave him the memories of doing it but it still was not that body that did it it was not that soul that did it uh it just he was then given the memories and now suddenly he he is the one who did it but I see I see your point, but I think in some ways it's it is the same soul. You know, when you touched on that word soul, I think it's the same, you know, actual person. And had things been, you know, it, had things gone the same way, he realizes that he would have done the exact same thing. And since it had been done, except it was now erased from history, he realizes that we are here in this place because of things that had I had I had the ability to choose differently, I still would have chosen those things. Also, if that makes sense, <laughs> also, I don't, not really to me, but yeah. Also, Nash Wells, who is Pariah, he's not from any of the Earths that got composited. And it's unlike the comic book DC universe crisis because the multiverse still exists as we know from the very last scene in number five. Earth 96 still exists or whatever and, and so there, on and so forth. There was forth. nothing on the and, screen that was telling me that anyone except for the Paragons were the same person they were in the old thing before the, the universes were destroyed. 
you know, this was a completely new world with people with completely different lives. And that's why I think it's unfair, Martian Manhunter, to have put that on this man who didn't do this thing. That's that's what I'm kind of what I'm poking at. The the paragons, no, they they have a memory of a completely different life because they lived those other lives and retained that life because they went into that into the flashpoint or whatever it was. But they they lived through all that stuff and then found themselves boom in this earth that they don't recognize. It's a world that they never lived in. With people they never lived with. People have no memory of the things that they went through. And the Paragons have no memory of going through those things with the people that they, you know, know and love. And so the, again, interesting dynamic that they now have to live with, but they can't look at the people. I mean, none of the people that they are going to come in contact on that world with is the same person that they were in contact with before, except Lex Luthor. And they can't look at them like that. I've heard of a scene from Batwoman that that shows that she has a person in her life who was very different in the series before Crisis and is now a very different person. And I don't want to give too much detail uh, because of spoilers for that, but uh, is now a different person after Crisis. And Batwoman is going to have to deal with the idea that this person was bad before, but now she is no longer. And again, it's, 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 this is a new world, new people. Um, at least that's the way that my, the concreteness of my mind has to, has to frame it in order for it to make sense to me. I can see your point. I definitely can. Um, but I can also, you know, it, it'll be interesting how they resolve it on screen. You know, maybe, maybe there's, there's something deeper there where they, they did that as like a scene you know, just to, to resolve the whole thing where, you know, he's he has he's mouthy and all of a sudden he's humble. And then maybe later on they'll have a scene where the Martian Manhunter, you know, connects back with him or says, you know, I'm going to take those memories away. And then he's like, no, 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 I need those memories because it makes me the person I am. You know, they, they could make a whole they could make a whole series out of it if they really you know thought about it. The other thing they could but do is just that Lex Luthor did not do a very good job writing the universe. And, and suddenly you have people with – you know, that people who existed on both Earths and became a composite of them uh, yeah. starts having start having dual memories and people start remembering the two universes before. Um, I don't know. That might get too messy from a storytelling perspective where you, suddenly it's just really hard to keep track of of things. <laughs> it's a lot easier to do. I think that the reason they were doing this is very similar to the original crisis where the original crisis was to get it into one universe with one story so you don't pick up a comic and look at it and say why is batman married yeah and is commissioner wayne what who what uh (laughs) but in this other comic that i just bought this month he's not married and he has robin with him you know and and so they they cleaned it up made it one world one universe of course got messy again afterward but this i believe and evan correct me if i'm wrong but this was created and done Pretty primarily so they could bring Supergirl and Flash into the same world forever instead of having a, it be special where they can cross universes. That was a definite bonus. Um, I don't know if that – that probably wasn't the sole purpose of it, but that was definitely on the agenda. Yeah. I mean they said, hey, w- let's do something to get them together and then you know, it, it evolved into this big thing. But 
So Evan, um, you didn't say exactly because in the Facebook thread, uh, that you said this, you didn't want to spoil, but you said, um, I believe the exact quote was mind blown quote unquote. Um, and then it was shut down by Daniel Butcher. who said, don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'm just curious, like what elements were you talking about when you, when you said that I have a guess. It was of course the crossover with the DCEU flash Ezra Miller. Oh, so it wasn't that they showed swamp thing for two seconds. No, that was epic. I was like, Oh, Ben's going to love this. I did a little bit. We could talk about why later. I want to go into Evan here now. But, yeah, I I was watching it live. No spoilers. Did not see that coming, and I flipped when that happened. I was like, "What? This is awesome!" It took me a moment to realize who he was. Oh, really? Yeah, just to recognize him because he had that mask on, and I was like, "Wow, his voice is really familiar." Oh, that's why. Yeah. And then he said, "Victor said Very this could cool. happen." Yes, yes. And so what's interesting about that is uh, Warner Brothers, the movie division, requested that this happen, not the TV show. Really? Which, wow. Yes. So that gets me thinking that maybe for the Flash movie that's now back on track and for the future of whatever, uh, they're going to be wanting to tie in more to the multiverse of entertainment that they have. So that's very interesting. So I, I would not be yeah. surprised now if, yeah, if TV Flash makes a cameo in a future uh, big screen. The, the only thing that's that's interesting to me is um, a lot of the worlds at the end of episode five where they were showing worlds that had survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw actually you saw the Doom Patrol uh, in their own world. You saw. Um, yeah. And for some reason, the Doom Patrol is on a different Earth than. Teen Titans. Yeah. Are they but, meant to be on the same? Yeah, because the, in the third episode of Teen Titans, they meet the Doom Patrol, <laughs> who are the same um, actors. Yeah. So I'm like, what, what is going on here? Well, but it's, it's you know, different people in different universes. Sure. It could be a different Doom Patrol. I don't know. Swamp Thing got his own universe. Yes. Little teaser for the brand new Stargirl show, which is simultaneously airing on DC Universe and the CW. And, like, why, uh, why did Swamp Thing get his own universe? <laughs> I mean, of all people, to, no offense, but I mean, the, the show was canceled. It didn't, you know, it was not yeah, a yeah. lot of people enjoyed it, but it's sort of like. I think that scene and maybe even the Doom Patrol were both. I don't think they were shot for this. No, uh, but there's stock footage from the Because that looks shows. familiar. Like, I, yeah. I think that might have even been one of the last shots of the of the series with Swamp Thing. But just something to throw in. Yeah, yeah. And I think in some ways it's nice because, hey, you get to see them um, and it's a montage of all these different Earths. And so to to do it that way instead of I mean, I don't know what what other Earth you would put them on. But your question, Steve. I had the same exact question, like they canceled his show. <laughs> what, what was Is he coming back? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's sad because they didn't cancel the show because of ratings. They canceled it because of a financial mistake. Well, no, so. I think that's actually been disproven. Oh, it's, really? Yeah, that it wasn't ratings for sure. It wasn't ratings because they canceled it uh, like right around when first the first episode came out. The The whole financial mistake thing, I think, was put out there as uh, an excuse by someone else who was connected with it. 
But it really was the, I think it was Warner Brothers just saying, nobody's going to like this. Uh-huh. And we don't like the direction this is going in. And and that's really what it came down to. This is a very expensive mistake and we need to stop it now. Mm. Wow. That's that's based on the things I've been able to kind of piece together. I mean, I I may be completely wrong. It might be something else completely. Um, but the, the tax mistake sounds like a great story. Um, <laughs> but then there were some other people who were like, no, that didn't happen. We knew exactly what was going on with that. We we did our due diligence. <laughs> we're not idiots. And <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah he gets his i think it's earth 19 or earth 9 i can't remember now i can't remember uh, i think it was earth 19 actually 19 i think because of uh 2019 yeah um so the green lantern movie gets its own universe yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> i like that and i think it's interesting that they're doing that because uh, there's been rumors that they're going to introduce a Green Lantern to the CW verse, and now of course they're making that new Green Lantern HBO show, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll there'll be a Green Lantern coming in the CW universe pretty soon because they've been name dropping him mm. for a little bit. So pretty neat. Yeah. And but, then, but the other thing yeah. I was, was going to say with all this is, you know, you're talking about all these things that are right around now or that are coming soon that they're kind of throwing in there to say, Hey, don't, don't forget teen Titans. We're, we're here, you know, um, (laughs) the old stuff that they were referencing in all throughout the rest of the series though. So earth 66, they didn't show that. Nope. It's dead. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I, 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 I'm wondering like, did they not show it because it's, it didn't come back or are they just like, we want to show you now the highlights of the ones that you should be watching for right now instead of the ones that you're familiar with from before. It could uh, be. Well, I mean, Adam West has passed on, and so I don't think they're going to be making new content for that like they were with the animated films, you yeah. know. Um, but Earth 666 exists because Lucifer is still a TV show. Yeah. Uh, here's the other one that exists. Is, um <laughs> Whatever the Brandon Routh Superman Earth was. Yeah, that, that was fun. That exists. And he changed his uh, S back to yep. have yellow in it. A little more color. Yep. That was great. Yeah. Yep. And kind of sad. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just like the idea. See, I like the idea of having an ending that shows you more is coming, but you may not see it. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to, we're going to end right now. People don't like the angel season or series finale. I did not follow the show angel at all. I watched an episode here or there like, Oh, a puppet episode. I'm going to watch that because puppets, but, um, <laughs> but I watched the season finale or the series finale. I didn't know what was going on throughout the whole thing, but you get to the end and there's angel and there's all these other people around him who are cast from the show, you know, and there's this portal that opens up or something like that. And all these demonic creatures are rushing at them and they all take their swords and they all rush at these demonic creatures. And that's the end. That's the series finale is basically saying, yeah, it's not done. We're not making any more episodes, but it's, it's still happening, you know? And I like endings (laughs) like that, that suggest, you know, it's not just everyone died, you know, (laughs) it's, it's things are going to continue. Life is going on. Yeah. Do you remember? Quo? Do you remember the season or the series finale for Brat, Batman: Brave and the Bold? 
I never saw that. No. <laughs> it's good. So basically Batmite ends the show. He ends the universe and the show, which are the same thing. Cause he knows he's on a TV show. And then the, the ending of it is just Batman and all the cast of characters are in the Batcave having a coffee party. And then they all turn to the camera and like solemnly nod goodbye. And then the show ends. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> but they weren't eating shawarma or anything? No, they weren't eating shawarma. Okay. So any other uh, favorite parts? My So I was holding out because I, in episode five, I was like, unless the anti-monitor gets gigantic, I can't give this my <laughs> stamp of approval. I just can't do it. Like the specter and him didn't get gigantic, and if he doesn't get gigantic here at the end, it's I can't I can't do it. But they did it, so I'm was a happy specter, camper. Was the specter thing like foreseen? Like was did he show up in any shows beforehand or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what's amazing about just that whole <laughs> Spectre subplot. I thought they were building up to that. And no. So when he showed up in the show, uh, you know, with episode two or whatever it was, I was like, oh, I bet that means something to a lot of people right now. But uh, nope. to me, it just means, oh, Spectre, John Corrigan. I know that name from yeah. the comics. <laughs> nope, it's. <laughs> but it's neat because I like the Spectre character. And so maybe. Maybe they'll retain that Jim Corrigan actor and he'll show up some more. I don't know. I just, it was just sort of out of the blue for me. <laughs> well, you needed him as a, I mean, he's one of the main catalysts in the comic book. Right. For, but for beating him. He doesn't show up at, I mean, nowhere. And all of a sudden he's the most important thing. Well, and it worked out well because I mean, you have, it's it's exactly like an Infinity or uh, Endgame, where who's the guy who beats Thanos? It's Iron Man. You know, is he on the same level as Thanos? No, but he's the most important character to that universe, so he gets to be the one. And same thing with Oliver Queen. But he didn't come out of nowhere. No, Did but Oliver mean? Oliver Queen didn't come out of nowhere either. But he, I mean, everything else yeah, is coming out of nowhere cosmically for these episodes. So why not the Spectre too? But Iron Man didn't didn't turn into uh, Brother Voodoo or something. And oh, you know, but Steve, just... they're working on a meta. I'm talking about on a meta level. That's what should have happened and did happen. And I appreciated it. I mean, yeah. I did watch you know the first few seasons of of Green Arrow, so I did understand. You know, this is the guy who started that universe, just like Iron Man. And I appreciated. It. I appreciated that they gave him. Um, Gave him the ending that they gave him and and gave that character the ending that they gave him. He was um, really this universe's Batman. I mean, yeah. you know, and in in some ways it's Superman, not the powers of Superman, but the the prototypical, uh, you know, the first one out there, that type of a, a feel to it. Now, did, did either of you guys read the uh, tie in comic book? I did. I, I did. To. The weekend I it did. came out, I I read it and <laughs> sent you a picture of it and told you I had it. And then you keep asking if I read it or not. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it at the comic book store and I really appreciated it. And the reason I really appreciated it is because in the first page, they destroy the new 52 universe. 
Oh, <laughs> that was so therapeutic. That was like a like balm for the universe? soul. Yeah, no, I hate the New 52 universe. Okay. Oh, one of the best things I've ever read in comics this year, man. That was so good. <laughs> Just killed it. I mean, it's January 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you and you guys. Two weeks every, of comics, but. So therapeutic. Everyone saw the, I mean, obviously Marv Wolfman made an appearance. Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't even notice that because I never know what he looks like. Well, but he said he's the guy who said Marv, you know, yeah, like, make it up right. to well, Marv. Marv yes. So Marv co-wrote episode four, I think it was, and then appeared in episode five. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote the comic stuff with uh, with some of the TV guys. So those two uh, brand new stories in the giant size comic uh, that you could get at Walmart the weekend of the show. Or you could get at the comic shop a couple weeks later. Uh, there's another one coming out. I'm not sure when it's coming out in Walmart, but it'll come out, I think, in comic shops. It's it's actually March before it comes out. Wow. But uh, but it'll have part two of those those stories that are in there. Nice. And another great thing was that uh, the Fleischer Superman was one of the universes that got destroyed. Oh. And it, was, it wasn't great that it got destroyed, but it was cool that they you know put it in there because, yeah. you know, unlike the original comics version uh, this is just going across all media instead of just the written comic book universes. So it was an interesting choice because that would have they would have never put that in the comic book. I guess he couldn't he couldn't leap high enough to get out of that universe in time. Because <laughs> you know, Fly, can't Fly fly. Or Superman could fly. Uh, For originally, some of the episodes. In, the, in the first episodes, he he can't. You, right. you see him actually like jumping and like having to stop and. And or you know doing something to to reposition himself or something like that. You know he's pushing a building up and he jumps to yeah. the building. For some of them he can fly. For yeah. other ones he can't. Like in the dinosaur one he can't fly, but in the mechanical monster ones he can. Uh, yeah. So I I I think this is again like Rise of Skywalker, like. Um, MCU, I feel like they did a fantastic job with what they had to work with and what they're trying to do, like just do this epic scale five episode thing. I can't imagine what the writer's rooms would have been like. I think it'd be very interesting to see just how the production scheduling worked out and, and all that kind of thing. There's just so much going on here, but I really, really enjoyed it and watching it come together as you know these teams of people are now coming together to create this one thing yeah Um, well it's interesting i i think i heard i know i heard somewhere that the writers had said there's 500 awesome things we want to do but we can only do 100 of them so (laughs) so we'll cherry pick and and we'll do 90 of them in the first three episodes yes so we can take our time with the last 10 and i also heard that they they decided early on they were going to prioritize the budget for the cameos instead of for the visual effects. So makes sense. I, I, I wish that, I mean, there, there's, I, I, I give them credit. There are some really talented people who know how to, you know, put episodes together and to, to, you know, to stretch things out over a long arc. And so it doesn't seem like it's, you know, 20, hours of viewing time or whatever you know you're there's talented people out there that do that and i don't want to take that away from them what i do wish is that there were people who 
could do the ending as well as all the other stuff. You know, like like uh, Jim Kruger is you know someone who I really appreciate in comic books because when you get to the end of his stories, it's like this is everything that it was building to when you see all the through lines and everything just put pulled together and tied in this beautiful bow. And then you have people like, you know, Alan Moore who, you know, it's just like, it's just ha- haphazard and you get to the end and it sort of you know, junks along, but you know, individual uh, comics or individual, you know, the uh, episodes or something, you know, they help, they hold together you know, what it builds to falls apart for, for some people. And some people really enjoy it. Some people, you know, they can, they can see through the little inconsistencies, but I think it would really benefit with someone who can sort of see that ending and say, okay, I'm going to take all of this stuff that you've given me guys. And now we're going to, you know, get it there. And it's going to make sense to the people who need to have it make sense for them to enjoy it. And it's going to be, entertaining for the people who want it to be entertaining and it's going to be epic because it's just going to be epic. I wish there were more people like that. Is this thing still on? Yeah. (laughs) I want to take the whole thing and see if I can edit it down to a two hour movie. (laughs) That's what you want to do with everything now though. I know. Like literally everything. You're like, Oh, I really, I could take all the seasons of Dora the Explorer and make it into (laughs) one long movie that 90 minute. Yeah. That's yucky. Everything. Teletubbies. I I can make Teletubbies. I've never said that. (laughs) I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth that nobody knows that you didn't say. I know you are. Yeah. (laughs) But you you said that about the X-Men franchise. Yes. X-Men. And you, you said that about Superman. Superman. You want to do that with uh, Superman one and two, right? Yep. And parts of returns. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I would put in the opening for Superman three. (laughs) <laughs> the three stooges part yeah 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 okay <laughs> and yet you leave out the the garbage dump part because the... yes yes i would yeah it could work one of the best superman movie mo- movie moments of all time i just love that moment you and i so love much. that they reference it in the uh in the series here yes that was fun yeah did you? Did anyone have like an absolute positively f- favorite cameo? I mean, was it was it Swamp Thing for you, or you know, was it? I, I would have to go with that probably just because. But um, I, I mean, so many of them were so much fun. I really enjoyed uh, the Flash uh, from the original TV series as the Flash. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because I mean, he's he's cameoed in the show before, or he's had roles in the show before. But yeah, he's um, also Jay Garrick. Yeah, but uh, I I liked what he did and what he actually what it what it meant to the whole the whole thing. There's a lot of stuff going on though where it just got undone and was unneeded. Yeah, and it it's one of those things where it was intentional along the way. Like this was not a thing where they wrote themselves into a corner and just like ah oh, we'll just forget about that. It really was a matter of um. Well, and again, it's like Rise of Skywalker, where in Rise of Skywalker, you'd have things and they're going along and all of a sudden it's like, nope, don't need it. Uh, <laughs> or 
it well, can't get true it. true to life, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I would say that that is, you know, yeah. th- that is true to life where you're going after something and then um, realize, okay, I guess that's actually not important or it's preparing you for something else, which is a lot of times, you know, in this show, that's what it was, was they were going along and it was actually preparing them for something else they didn't know that they were actually going to get in, get in place for. Um, but that's life. You know, That that's uh, a big part of my wife and I, uh, of our testimony is um, just how we were preparing for one thing that we thought we were moving toward. And then it turned out that not only did that not happen, but some other things happened that we actually were being prepared for, you know, where we thought we were going to move away. And actually um, all of our friends moved away. Or, or passed away. Um, and so we were f- emotionally preparing to be separated from these friends. And then we ended up staying put and everyone else, you know, and, and uh, moved to Canada or to Africa or, you know, whatever. Um, so we thought it was one thing. We, we thought we had our plans and it turned out our plans were not at all um, what were going to happen. So... It is you true can life. make that part of your story and you can make it work as part of the story when you're watching, you know, episodes or something and it seems to be leading to something. And then all of a sudden it's just completely dropped, not mentioned. People disappear. I mean, Barry was the paragon of love and he makes it through the universe. And he makes this stuff and Iris doesn't even appear again. And was she mentioned? Does she exist in this universe? Doesn't seem like he cared. You know, it's just like awesome. I get to team up with Supergirl. They would I'm have like, to pay that actress money and they didn't have the money. See, it's that type of stuff where it's like <laughs> it could make perfect sense. Maybe, maybe he, you know, there's something. It didn't that, bother that, me one iota that he was the paragon of love and yet his love wasn't there because the universe, universes were destroyed. He was one of seven people left who's just trying to get home and trying to figure out a way to bring things back. You know, what are they going to do with her? You know, she's not one of the seven. Uh, it, it did not bother me one bit and it didn't okay. bother me. It did at first, but it didn't bother me once we got into it with episode four that they, they did that whole subplot where they're trying to bring back Oliver queen and then they get to the end of that whole quest. And it's just like, no, nah, I'm going to go over here with this cop that I just met, <laughs> you know, it's just like, wait a minute. And now, but okay. So you kind of see, okay, so why did they not take the time to make it more, feel more important that they're doing this it's because that's not what they were building up to they're building up to something completely different that then showed up in in episode four and you're you're like okay so there's the payoff for what happened there in episode two or three or whatever it was um i yeah steve i understand what you're saying you know there's always an opportunity to call for better um you know to and and to to hope for better and, and so, you know, whether, whatever it might be that you're, you're looking at. Um, but then at the same time, we got to appreciate when, 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 what you get is good. And I feel like that, that, that was the case here. Um, for whatever flaws it might have, um, we got two seconds of swamp thing. So there's that. <laughs> it was worth it just for that. Yeah. The Ezra Miller part was the most exciting cameo, but the Brandon Ralph Superman was my favorite. Yeah, that was really cool. 
Yeah. Okay. And then the ending where he's flying over the earth. Yep. Classic style. Great in, stuff. In more the Christopher Reeve outfit. Yep. Uh, and less less the Brandon Routh outfit, actually. So. Yes, the red was brighter. <laughs> I, and I couldn't tell. I you know I even on my TV screen I couldn't tell if he had um, that texture that they gave his co- his costume in Superman Returns, which whatever. <laughs> I I like Christopher Reeve's costume. He made it work. He made it work, man. Yeah. In the seventies, no less. all right let's get some it was before all the the stuff that they can do now with with the costumes you know it had to be an actual you know you have to wear it it has to work you have to be able to move around in it that's all that yeah i liked dean kane's costume because the blue's darker and everything's shiny (laughs) dean kane was okay Oh, man, he's like my favorite live action Superman, probably. Just as an actor, the way he played the character. Yeah. All right. Final words. Final words. If only I had prepared ahead of time. Well, those would be my final words. That's going to (laughs) be. I'm not going to say it'll be on your tombstone, but when you're done (laughs) podcasting, your podcast tombstone is going to be if only I. Prepared ahead of time. Yeah. And mine is going to be like, you know, the, like my tombstone and like the next three or four tombstones next to it is going to have stuff, you know, from me, I think. Well, fortunately, ours will be very sparse with, with what they say. His is just going to say the one little line. You got room on Evan's tombstone for your stuff, Steve. Yeah. Room on yeah, mine, ben, too. Ben's will just say Godspeed. On yeah, exactly. You'll plenty have plenty of room, room on mine. Yeah. These are podcasting tombstones, by the way, not yes, actual not, tombstones. Not real tombstones. So. Oh, okay. We yeah. will make a website that will serve as a <laughs> graveyard for all our podcasts. Remember, remember our Steve, we were going to do the the whole thing in, in episode twelve of the yeah. f- the Phantom Toll or Fanboy Tollbooth. Yeah. One of these men will die, and yeah. then it was going to be uh, that we dyed our hair. <laughs> nice. We actually set it up. We never got to the episode, but we no, we, we did the setup. <laughs> I think it was it was talk about threads that get dropped and not remembered. I know. Well, I think it was a little touchy because um, you know the other host had something going on in his life that uh, I think hit a hit a nerve too close. But I don't know. That's a discussion for a different time. But maybe that was you know maybe that was something. But um, my final words. Um, you know, thinking about Lex Luthor and, you know, what he holds possibly as the, you know, the, as the, the key, the linchpin to the new universe, maybe even the new multiverses, um, John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So, you know, that's, that's what I got for you, Lex Luthor. <laughs> and maybe in one of those universes out there, he heard you. Through maybe, some sort of time anomaly. A, maybe there's a good Lex. Well, there are. <laughs> there has been, yeah. And they always end up turning evil. Or getting killed. No, yeah. Not always. Well, I mean, there's always more, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I just want to say thank you so much for listening and thank you for spending time with us. And we will see you soon, hear you soon. No, we will talk to you soon. We don't actually hear you. We'll see your emails and Facebook posts, though. And, I hear uh, some of you. Yeah, yeah. Some of you, if you're podcasters out there, we hear you. So anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for pulling up a chair next to our fireplace. Thank you for sitting with me here on the couch as we talk about crisis on infinite earths and uh yeah no matter what universe you're from or what universe you're going to i want to wish you godspeed you've been listening to the strangers and aliens podcast hosted by ben avery evan david steve mcdonald and dr j samuel our music was composed and mixed by tim leffel We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is one 804 Once again, thanks for listening. Oh, a puppet episode? I'm going to watch that because puppets...